0: Sometimes I'll get coffee with them when they're in town, but it's just so um, just so I can hear Amanda use her accent, her fake British accent. She's really from Alabama, so <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, let me mention a couple things. We are in our week three of rewilding this week, and let me mention a couple things before we move on. You might have noticed the Christmas tree out front. Between the Christmas tree in the lobby and my red sweater today, I feel I'm feeling very festive. Um, but the reason we've got the Christmas tree in the lobby today is we are supporting Salvation Army, and what they do is they help provide gifts for children in our community that that can't, wouldn't normally get those gifts on their own. And so, if you would like. To stop by that tree and take one of the, the tags off there. There's a list, list of gifts on there. You do not have to get all those. Any number of those gifts that you feel like you want to purchase for that child is fantastic. So what you can do is you can purchase those, as many of those as you'd like, and then bring them back to the summit and bring them unwrapped because if you wrap them, they're just going to have to unwrap them anyway. So don't wrap them. And those are the best kind of Christmas gifts, the ones you don't even have to wrap, okay? So buy them, bring them back, and you can bring them here to the church during our our normal services. You can drop them at the Info Center. Or if you want to drop them at our office during our normal office hours, uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday, stop by there, drop those off and uh, we'll collect those for you. Also, another thing that we're doing with the Salvation Army right now is, is if you've been out shopping at all, you've probably already seen the red kettles out at some of the places in the bell ringers. Have you seen some of that? Do you, don't you feel a little bit guilty when you don't put anything in? You, like, walk by, but you don't make eye contact. You just look away. like, um, or, or you do that thing where you feel, you I'm going into the store to buy stuff, but I don't have my wallet, apparently. Like, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I got good news. We're going to be helping them uh, ring bells during the week of uh, December 15th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. That's five days. Uh, And our shifts are going to be from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if you are interested in helping, what we'd like to do is get some small groups signed up, get some families signed up. And, And in churches I've been in the past, we've done this, and it's been a great opportunity just to Uh, go and hang out with some people and spend some time. So maybe you're here and you've got another family that you'd like to bell, uh, your families to ring bells together at, uh, at, you know, outside the mall for a couple hours. That would be fantastic. You can sing carols, you can, or maybe you're just bitter and you don't like the holidays but you still ring a bell and you can go out there and smile, that's okay too. Um, But if you're interested, all you have to do is sign up, let us know about that. We found out about the times yesterday about uh, four o'clock so we didn't have time to get those on the sheet for today. But if you're interested in helping us with bell ringing, it's an incredible opportunity to serve our community and help with a really worthwhile cause. All you need to do is go sign up at the Info Center, let us know about that, and uh, we'll get you connected to that opportunity. Um, one other thing I want to tell you about, some of you might have seen this on social media, uh, but I'm I'm so grateful for our women's ministry. Like, And it's not just because I'm married to the women's director. That's part of it. But uh, thank God I'm not married to Pastor Dick. Um, so... <laughs> It would be a way different circumstance <laughs> Pastor Dick's like, yes, Lord. Uh, but I'm thankful for our women's ministry. Man, my, my wife has such a vision for women and, and reaching our community. It's crazy. Um, and so she approached me recently and said, hey, what do you think about having this event at our church? And it was, it's a pretty big event. It's an outside event. And we had hosted it at my previous church, which was much, much larger than the summit. And I just said, babe, they'll never come to our church. And this is a man of faith speaking. I said, they'll never come to our church. And she said, well, what if I just ask? What if I just, what do you think? And I said, you can ask, but they're not coming to our church. And she asked, and they're coming to our church. But uh, the event is a one-night event. It's January 15th. And ladies, <laughs> it's it's going to be awesome. Um, and I feel guilty because I told my wife that they're not coming. And yes, they are. I'm this woman of faith. Anyway, so. They're going to be here January 15th, and it's so cool. Um, Charlotte Gamble is an evangelist and author. She travels the world, and she is fantastic. And she, in herself, is not somebody that we would normally be able to bring into the summit on our own just because she's speaking at places like Hillsong and Lakewood and gigantic churches of 20 and 30,000 people. Uh, but she's going to be here that night to bring the word, but she's also bringing her good friend Natalie Grant, which you may or may not know. And so they're going to be here. <laughs> Did you just see the Holy Spirit just moved in the place? They're like, yes! So Natalie Grant and, and Charlotte Gamble are going to be with us January 15th on a Thursday night. It's going to be awesome. in this place it's going to be full. Like if you, if you normally like sit in the balcony, good news because you will probably have to sit in the balcony if you wait to buy your tickets. Okay, um, it will be every seat in this place. We're going to have to add some seats. It's going to be packed out. So I want to encourage you. Um, you can buy your tickets. You can go. Through, I think we've got a link on our website that you can go through our website and buy those tickets. Um, several different price points, things like that you might look at it and go, well, that's a little pricey. And you're, you're right, it's a little pricier than we would have liked for it to been, but that was the only way we could get it in our church. Otherwise, they would say, yeah, we'll go to some place in Pittsburgh that will hold 10,000 people and, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, it's going to be a great event. And so ladies, if you're interested in all at all, I would encourage you, go check that out today and get your tickets as soon as possible because it's going to be a really cool event. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be there that night because I'm going to work security. There will be no men allowed, but I'm going to work security that night just so I can stand around and be a part of that. So it's going to be really cool. And so if you need more information about that, uh, my wife will be here at the end of the service. She'll be out in the lobby. Ask her. She'll be able to hook you up get you connected. All right? All right. Let me jump into our message for the day. Um this, it seems like every week of this series, I'm talking about how unexciting the messages are, and my wife, I mean my daughter Abby asked me yesterday. She said, "Daddy, if your message is so exciting, why do I have to go to both services?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, it's a good point. So you don't have to go to both services this weekend." Uh, but when we look at some of these topics like prayer or like Sabbath, it's hard for us to get excited about it. Uh, It's hard for us to get pumped up about it. And this week is another one of those that it's so necessary for our lives, but it's hard for us to get excited about this topic. And the topic we're looking at today, the spiritual discipline, is fasting. And right now, some of you are like, oh, gosh, fasting? We're about to go into Thanksgiving, and you want to talk about fasting? Absolutely. Um, Fasting is something that more than just about any other spiritual discipline. You know, in, in the video, I mentioned that the wolves of Yellowstone a lot of people thought they were unnecessary, that everything was fine without it, but they only discovered later after they read in introduce these wolves how necessary they were to the ecosystem. And I truly believe that fasting is one of these spiritual disciplines that we don't understand how important it is in our spiritual life until we rewild it to that. When we apply it to our lives, then we begin to see some really cool things happen. And you might be sitting here right now, and you're wondering, what is fasting? And I'm glad you're asking, because there are some of us that know we've grown up in church forever, there's a part of our lives that we talked about, and maybe you're not like that, and that is okay. So I want to introduce it to you today, and I want you to know that it's not about um, you doing exactly what Jesus did, where he went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and didn't eat anything. Uh, that's not what we're asking anybody to do today. But what we're asking you to do is take this principle, take this discipline, and apply it to your life in a way that, that will honor God. So I don't want you to walk away from here today feeling like you can't eat for you know the next month or anything like that. That's not what we're looking for, okay? What I want you to do is to pray about it and say, how can I apply this to my life? So wh- what you might be asking is, What is fasting? And fasting, we can get fancy if we want to, but really, at the end of the day, fasting means not eating for spiritual purposes. And it's that simple. If you're not eating and uh, you're not praying, then you're just dieting, okay? (laughs) Like. Uh, there's nothing spiritual necessarily about it. You're just not eating. Have you ever been working and you worked through lunch and like three o'clock you're like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch today. Like most, maybe not you. It never happens to me, but maybe it does to you. You you eat, I mean, you go, oh my gosh, I didn't even get hungry. Like that's not fasting, okay? That's just you forgot to eat lunch. Um, what What is fasting? Fasting is not eating with a spiritual purpose in, in mind. And many times Uh, during a fast, we pray for a specific purpose or for a specific item or or praying toward a specific goal. And so it's not just a general kind of thing where we go, oh, I guess I'm not going to eat and I'll pray and talk to God a little bit. A lot of times there's a a focus to that where we say, you know what, I'm going to skip a meal today. And during that time when I would normally be eating, I'm going to devote that time to praying, to connecting with God, just to hear from the Lord and, and see what will happen. See, sometimes um, we think of ourselves as physical beings, right? We think that we are. This is who we are. That we are physical beings, and we also have a spirit. And that's kind of the way we approach it. But the truth is, we are spiritual beings that have a body. We are. We are spirit, but we just have this casing. And right, this. That's all this is. And. Uh, and sometimes we look at our lives in the wrong way. But what fasting does is it helps us realign the, the spirit and physical into a way that's a healthier balance for what God really wanted us to be. Uh, f- fasting helps us bring those two things into alignment and help us understand that the physical and spiritual are connected more than we would like to imagine. Um, the truth is, um, you know, I'll make comments about my size sometimes, and I'll, I'll joke. But the truth is. Our physical is sometimes a reflection on what's going on inside of us. Let me me come back to that. Some of you are like, I'm getting really uncomfortable with this message right now. That's okay. I'm uncomfortable with it too. I'm preaching it, and it's to me, not just to you. Um, Fasting reminds us that we're sustained not just by our food, but we're sustained by God. In fact, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said that we're sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That it's not just The bread that we eat that that sustains us, that sustains our physical body. But what sustains our spiritual life? And that's the presence of God. So when we hunger, when we're fasting, when we're going without a meal or going without food, when we hunger and we have those pangs, those hunger pangs, and I love it because my daughters... They don't really know hunger. But maybe your kids are dramatic like this. Like, you know, it'll be like three in the afternoon and they haven't eaten since one. And my daughters will be like, I'm starving to death, I'm so hungry. It's like, no, you're not really hungry. Like, you don't really know hunger. You're just, it's time for a snack, right? Um, And sometimes we're like that. We think, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. But what happens is when we skip a meal for prayer and, and for spiritual purposes, what happens is that hunger that we have, those hunger pangs can remind us of what we should truly be hungering for. In fact, when we talk about communion, we take communion the first Sunday of every month together, uh, corporately, but but when you look at scripture, when Jesus said, as often as you take this bread and drink this cup, do in remembrance till I come, what he's saying is not just, hey, take a, a moment to memorialize this meal and remember what I did. Well, what he's saying really is as often as you get hungry or as often as you get thirsty, you need to remember what I've done for you. And and we disassociate our physical and our spiritual sometimes. But what we have to understand is, is the same hunger we have for food, like some of you right now are going through meadows withdrawals, right? Like you're like, oh my gosh, it's been two weeks what am I going to do, right? Like, you're having those moments like, oh, I need the brownie chocolate chunk ch- ice cream, and i got to admit, I love that stuff, okay? It is good stuff. Like, it is, it represents God's common grace to man because of the Meadows ice cream. It's like, yes, Lord, you are real because you, right? Okay. <laughs> and so it, we see that stuff, and you ever get hungry for that, and you crave it, and you're like, man, I really want some... Meadows ice cream. Man, I really, man, I need a big thick steak. Oh gosh, man, you know, cooked medium, just it's, you know, got a nice, oh, that's what I really want. You start craving, some of you are like, I'm leaving right now to go eat. Um, But in the same way that we crave some of those things, what fasting does helps us align our spiritual and physical so that we can hopefully begin to crave the most important thing, which is God. That we can say, God, I want to crave you the same way that I crave the meadows. God, I want to thirst for you the same way that I'm thirsty when I'm doing yard work and I come in and I chug a gallon of water. Like, that's how I want to approach God. And that's what fasting can do for us. Uh, a few years ago, and this is an illustration of how our spirit and physical align sometimes, or, or many times. Uh, a few years ago, I was working at a church and my pastor and I, I don't know if you know this, but people that work on staff at churches are human. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Um, but my pastor and I, we didn't see eye to eye about something, about a lot of things actually. And we we disagreed in the right way. It was behind closed doors. Um, you know, we were trying to work through our issues privately, and we didn't do it on Facebook in front of everybody. We were trying to approach it in a biblical way. And the truth is, it was just tough because Um, My attitude probably wasn't very good, but I didn't feel like, I felt like he was wrong on a lot of levels. And so we ended a meeting and it was kind of tense. And I was frustrated, and I left, walked out of the meeting, and I got in my car, and I began to drive, because I just needed to get out of the office. And I found myself driving to a place, and if you're from the South, you'll know where this is, or if you're from Oklahoma, Texas, there's a a place called Brahms. It's an ice cream and dairy store is what it's called, Uh, but it's locally owned, and they've got locations all over Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri. So I found myself driving to Brahms because what I needed right then was a a chocolate shake. And I didn't need like a small chocolate shake. I wanted the big one, like the 32-ounce chocolate shake that still has the big chunks of ice cream in it. Like that's what I needed. And I was driving to Brahms to get myself a gigantic chocolate shake. And I felt the Holy Spirit stop me and say, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to get a chocolate shake. What does it look like I'm doing? And in that moment, I was so convicted because I realized what happened was my spirit needed something. And what my physical said I needed was a chocolate shake from Brahms. When in reality, what I needed was to connect to God a little more. What I was doing is I was nursing my hurt and my pain. What I was doing was hurt, hurt nursing my, my disappointment with a chocolate shake. When really what I should have done is gone to the God of the universe and said, okay, God, I need some help here. And what happened was my physical and my spiritual were out of alignment. And I was trying to take care of a spiritual issue with a physical need. Does that make sense? And sometimes we do that, and what fasting does is it helps align those two items so that we can understand that, hey, we're not just physical or spiritual. We are spiritual with physical. And the physical things we do have spiritual implications. And the spiritual things we do have physical implications. Does that make sense? So, so honestly, I've been convicted more and more lately about, uh, and I, please, I'm not saying this for anybody to later to go, no, you're not that big. Don't worry. No, you don't need to lose. You look fantastic. I don't need, I'm not fishing, okay? Uh, but the truth is, I'm not healthy physically. I'm not, and I want to be your pastor a long time. I, I, want to, I want to know my grandkids someday, and so we can talk about stewardship with our finances or with our times or talents, but if I'm not stewarding my body well, then there's a, a, a misalignment between the physical and spiritual in my life. I have to understand that physical health helps breed spiritual health in a lot of ways in my life, so I, I'm going to be the first to tell you that I need to get some things right in my physical life. And that's part of what fasting is all about, is bringing some of th- those things into alignment. So you might be here today and you're saying, okay, well, how do we get started? This is it just like Jesus, 40 days? Like, I don't know if I can go 40 days, Mel. That's okay. I don't know if I can go 40 days either. Uh, it's not about that. So let's look real briefly. What are, what are some ways we can fast? Um, the Bible talks about full fasts being no food at all and drinking water, right? And some of you right now are like, oh my gosh, how could anybody do that? And that's a tough one. I've done that for limited periods of time in my life. And it's not easy. It's tough. But what it does is it helps align those things, like I was saying. That's not the only one, though. Uh, so let me move on from there. There's the full fast, but there's also some partial fasts. And really, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility in how you do this. Um, partial fasts might be something like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna um, only eat certain items, or I'm going to get rid of certain items from what I eat. So for you, you might say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to drink coffee during the course of this fast. And some of you are ready to get up and leave right now. You're like, "Uh, how dare you back off, right? Um, But some of you, 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 maybe that's a spiritual point for you that you go, man, I drink coffee every day. Yeah, maybe you need to set that aside for a week. Like, My marriage won't survive that, right? Maybe it's Maybe it's a food item, a specific food item. Maybe for you it's meat, or maybe for you it's something else. But you're going to say, I'm going to set aside a certain item as a spiritual discipline. Uh, Maybe it's sweets. Maybe you say, hey, I'm not going to eat sugars over the next week or the next day or the next 10 minutes, whatever it might be. (laughs) There's a fast. It's called the Daniel fast, and it was taken from Daniel. Uh, when he said, hey, I'm not going to eat the choice items that the king brings me. And so he said, I'm only going to have fruit and vegetable, and I'm going to drink water, and that's it. And so uh, there's a lot of people. As, in fact, Rick Warren, I believe, has a book that talks in depth about the Daniel fast and how they've a, uh, applied that to their church. And it's a very popular thing to do is have a Daniel fast. Um, and so there's a number of different ways to do it. As far as time frames go, it doesn't have to be three months or a month or a certain amount of time. You can say it's going to be from... And this is what a lot of Jewish people do. It's going to be from sunrise to sunset. I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat anything during the day. Or it might be from lunch to lunch the next day. You you skip two meals, and I'm going to pray and fast over those times. Uh, And so there's a lot of flexibility to how we do it and how we approach it because the focus shouldn't be on what we do, but the focus should be on who we're doing it for. Because just like the other disciplines we've talked about, In this series, it's not about what we physically do. It's about our motivation. It's about how we're connecting with God in relationship. Because that's what this is all about, is facilitating relationship, knowing God more, being in better relationship with him. Now, um... There are some rules, things you shouldn't do or things you should do. Like, for instance, Abby, my oldest daughter, when she about, well, she was about three at the time, we were doing a corporate fast as a church and I was a youth pastor. And so uh, as a family, we were gonna fast. And don't, before I get letters, I was not saying, Abby, you can't have any food for the next, it wasn't like that. But we were encouraging her to find something that she was gonna do without. And so we were talking it through and she said, Daddy, I've decided what I'm gonna fast. And remember, she's three. I said, okay, what is it gonna be? She said, I decided I'm gonna fast naps. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't think that really works, baby. You gotta, it would have to be something you like, really. You know, like, you know, I'm fasting yard work. I'm not doing it anymore. You're, you know, some of the ladies in the room are like, I'm, I'm fasting cooking. I feel like that's what God's calling me to do. Um, but it probably needs to be something we enjoy. And, and, and sometimes we put so many rules and, and limitations on it that. It wrings the life out of it. You know, last, or two weeks ago, we talked about Sabbath, and Jesus said that the Sabbath was created for man, not the opposite, that man wasn't created for Sabbath. And this is the same thing, that that the fast was created for us so that we could experience God in, in a different way. And we weren't created for the fast, the fast was created for us. Does that make sense? And so sometimes we put so many rules and and legal things on it that it wrings the life out of it. I had a friend that would fast, and I'm not even exaggerating. I would go to his house, you know, 1030 at night, and I'd go see him while we were in college, and and he would have a gigantic plate of food. And I would, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm starting a fast at midnight. Well, but why do you have a plate full of food? I mean, it would be like candy bars and cake. And I mean, it would be piled up. Like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I, I mean, I, I got to get this in before midnight because I'm starting to fast at midnight. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are missing the point, right? <laughs> Like it's like the ra- the runners that like load but you know, for the, the, he's like, I got to get ready for this uh, fast, so I'm gonna eat like twelve thousand calories all at once. Um, he was missing the point. Likewise, I had a pastor that I served under that he he, he was doing a full fast, a forty day fast, and uh, he was leading the church communion. And afterwards, I mean, he was he was upset, and I said, "What is wrong with you?" And he said, "Mel." I ate the communion wafer while I was, we were doing communion. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it is okay. Like, I'm sure God would be fine with it. And he felt so terrible about the communion wafer, but his focus was on the wrong thing. It, it's not about keeping the letter of the law. It's about keeping the spirit of the law. And the spirit of the law was, I'm going to set aside some things in order to be fully devoted to God. And that's what he was doing. So We have to ask, why should we practice fasting? We've talked about it a little bit, but let me give you a few key reasons. Number one, Jesus did it, Jesus fasted. I mentioned this earlier, but in Luke four, two, it says, for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days, he fasted. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So Jesus was hungry at the end of this thing. It is okay to be hungry during a fast. In fact, that's kind of the point is that we will do without something. It causes us to be stirred up physically, which should stir up some things emotionally and for, spiritually for us as well. Jesus fasted. He set us an example. Now, this isn't a commandment or a law, okay? So let me just make that clear. He doesn't say you have to, but there's an expectation that If we are disciples of Jesus, that we're going to do what he does, that we're going to follow him in these ways. So the first reason we practice fasting is Jesus did it. Number two, that that was the whole point right there. Did you get that? That was really short, so get ready. Number two. Number two is Jesus expected it of his followers. He expected his followers to do it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, it says, and this is Jesus talking to his followers, and it says, and when you fast... Notice the word wasn't if, or if you plan, if you think about it, if it comes up. He says, when you fast, he says, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what he's saying is, when you fast, the expectation is we will fast. Now, it doesn't all have to look the same. It doesn't all have to be the same. But the expectation is we will set aside time to, to say, God, I'm going to put some things to the side that, that, so that I can pursue you more. Does that make sense? And he's expecting that of us. But it's not just that. When we look at this verse, it really gets a little deeper than that because he's saying your motivation matters. What is motivating you matters in your fast. Because if all you want to do is, is show how pious and holy you are, because you fast, then that's probably what your reward's going to be. Everybody's going to think you're so pious and holy. But if you want to see results, if you want to see God move on your behalf, then you probably need to set aside some of that stuff and say, you know what, I'm not going to worry if anybody sees my fast or knows about me fasting. You, you come into work and you're, oh, oh. And they're like, Jim, what's wrong with you? like, I'm just so physically, I'm just wearing, a, I'm just fasting because I love God so much. I'm just so... Oh, just be praying for me. I'm so weak because I haven't eaten in two days, and who I don't know if I'm going to make it. And like, well, guess what? Like, you're probably it. that's probably your reward right there. That's what Jesus is saying. A few years ago, I went through a a long fast, and um, and it was weird because you you know we take this verse into account. You're not supposed to talk about this stuff or make a big deal about it. And I'd still have appointments with people. And so we'd go someplace, and they go, "Hey, what do you want for lunch?" I go, no, "No, I'm good. I'm not eating. You're not eating." You're like, what are you talking about? You're not eating? I mean, hello, we're at lunch. And well then, I'm good. I'm good. And you know, you have to navigate through that, and you're trying to do it in a way that's humble, but you don't want to. Well, I'm fasting because I love God so much. You're not fasting? <laughs> you really should, pagan, right? <laughs> so there's a way we can navigate that and allow God to be glorified without being condescending. So when you fast. So why do we fast? We fast because Jesus did it. We fast because he expects it of his followers. And the last thing is um, we fast. We fast because when we put fasting and prayer together, it allows the miraculous to happen in our lives. Um, I'm, I'm glad Vance or one of the people in the front row agreed with me on that. They're like, yes. This is what it says in Mark chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. This is from the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. It says, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with the disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. Now, what he's saying is there are some things in our life that simply saying a prayer is not enough for. And some of you right now are uncomfortable with that. You're like, whoa, wait a second. But what he's saying is there are times in our life that just simply saying a prayer isn't enough. There's got to be something else behind it. And if you remember last week, I I made this statement that, that prayer changes things. Sometimes it changes our circumstances, but sometimes it changes us. And this is where fasting comes into play because fasting changes us. It adjusts the way we see our problems and our situation. It adjusts the way uh, we we view our issues in life. And so when we fast, what it does is it aligns us with the will of God. It helps us see God and and the way we should see him and allows us to pray a little differently. And so when Jesus said uh, to his disciples, his disciples said, Hey, wait a second, you were up on the mountain and we were praying and nothing changed and you came down and you prayed and that was it. So how come you could do it and we couldn't? And Jesus said, basically, because I've been praying and fasting, because praying isn't enough. Sometimes we have to fast to to see things happen. And you might be here today and you say, well, my knowledge doesn't make sense. But let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed for something and you didn't see breakthrough? Maybe you were praying for a relationship Maybe you were praying that that God would reconcile some things. Maybe you were praying uh, that that you would grow in your relationship with God. Maybe you were praying for uh, some sort of financial miracle. Maybe you were praying for, and you just fill in the blank, and you didn't see it happen. I'm not saying it would have happened if you had just fasted, but maybe you should try fasting for that area. Maybe you've got an unsaved child who's far from God, and you've been praying, but you've never fasted. Maybe you would try that and see what God would do. Maybe maybe you've had a problem at work that you've been dealing with and you feel like you've done things the right way and you're working through that the best you can. You're reflecting the love of Christ. You're doing all the things you should, but you never fasted and you're not seeing breakthrough. I would encourage you, try fasting and see what God will do. Try, try doing some things a little bit differently and see what God will do because there's power when we align prayer and fasting together. Now, I know this isn't popular because we love to eat, right? Let's just be honest. We love to eat. But when we say, God, I'm going to set aside these things in order to know you more, in order to have a deeper spiritual relationship with you so I can be aligned in my spiritual and physical, so I can walk in a way that's going to be pleasing to you, God can work through that. In Jeremiah 14, uh, 11 and 12, this is going to bless you. It says, the Lord said to me, do not pray for the welfare of this people, Though they fast, I will not hear their cry. And though they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Doesn't that just bless you? Aren't you like, yes. Read that verse again, Mel. I'm writing that down. I'm going to get that tattooed on my forearm, right? What is this saying? It's saying that our motivation matters. It's saying that what is in our heart matters. Because these people were going through the religious motions, but they weren't connecting with God. It wasn't about connecting with God. It was about manipulating God to do what they wanted him to do. And when we fast and pray and have God at the center of it, God works and can do the miraculous. But when we are trying to manipulate God, he's going to laugh at us. Who do you think you are trying to manipulate me? Because like I said earlier, this is all about relationship with God. It's all about knowing God more. It's all about facilitating relationship with God of the universe. And when we look at fasting, there's all kinds of ways we can do it and things we can do. And if you're on social media, we'll, uh, over the next couple days, um, we'll put on Facebook and Twitter and some of those things, some different resources that you can check out and take a look at if you're interested in knowing more. But this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 58, verse six through 10. You guys can go ahead and come up. It says, is this, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. Your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. And God says, this is the way I want your fast to end up. I don't want your fast just to be a religious action. I don't want it to just to be something you do, but I want there to be tangible results from it. I want people's lives to be changed because of your fasting and praying. And it all has to do with our motivation. Why are we motivated to, to fast? And to rewild that back to our lives. Is it to know God more? Is it to, to have a deeper, richer relationship with him so that our lives and the lives of the people around us can be changed? Because that's what the motivation has to be, and that's where lives are changed. That's where our light will shine bright in the darkness. I want us to learn how to fast and pray, but I don't want it just to be a religious act. I don't want us just, man, you guys know me well enough to know. Now, I'm not crazy about religious acts, (laughs) right? God's not impressed by how pious and religious we are. God's impressed by earnest loving hearts when we pursue God and we chase after him and say God I don't care what the cost is I don't care what it takes I want to know you more God is moved by that and that's what I want us to be and that's what I want us to do I want us to pursue God I want us to know him fully like never before and one of the ways we can do that is by fasting now we're not going to do a formal fast as a church or corporate fast right now after the first of the year though we are going to have A dedicated time of prayer and fasting corporately that we're going to come together and say God we want 2015 to look different than 2014 we don't want to end 2015 the same way we looked when it started we want to be different fundamentally I want to be different I want this church to be different and this is how we're gonna do it by saying everything we do is gonna be based on prayer that we're gonna pray and connect with God we're gonna take some time and fast we're gonna set aside time for God to move. And we're gonna do that together after the first of the year, but I don't want us to wait till then. I wanna challenge you, just like I have the last few weeks, I wanna challenge you this week to set aside some meals. Maybe for you it's setting aside coffee. Maybe for you it's, I didn't even really talk about this, setting aside some electronics, social media, setting aside some things and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm normally on Facebook three hours a day, but you know what? I'm going to spend an hour of that with God. I'm just going to sit in the Word. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to hear from the Lord. Maybe, maybe, and there's all kinds of things. You know the Holy Spirit might be dealing with you right now about an area, saying, oh, that's the one. No, 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 I don't want to give that up. And he's saying, no, no, give it to me just for a little bit this week. So I want to challenge you this week. Set some things aside. Lay it aside so that God can work in your life. And then take that time and pray and see what God will do when you do it. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. God, I thank you. Lord, in spite of, Lord, some of the, 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 the Lord, religious things that that fasting can seem like, Lord, in, in spite of what it might seem like to people from the outside, Lord, really it is all about knowing you. It's all about relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't lose sight of that. Lord, help us to see it as a tool that can help be a catalyst in our lives, in our spiritual life. Lord, help us see it as a tool that can help um, jumpstart prayer like never before. So Lord, I pray today, if there are people in this place that have, have gone without fasting and never tried it before, never really done it before, Lord, I pray this week, they would, Lord, rewild that back into their spirit. Lord, they begin to reintroduce that back and just see what would happen. God, I pray that they would see growth, they would see fruit, they would see you at work in their lives because they choose to apply this principle to their lives. So Lord, have your way with us over the next few minutes. Now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Mel, uh, you know what? I don't really have a relationship with God, but I want to. I want to know God. And I'm tired of living the life like I've been living and I, I want God in my life. I want to walk with him. I want to know him. If that's you, would you just say, pray for me? That's me. And Just put your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray with you wherever you're at. Thank you over here on my right. I appreciate you. You can put your hand down, sir. Who else? Say, that's me. Pray for me. Thank you up in the balcony. Who else? Says, that's me. Pray for me. Thank you. Over here on my right, I see you, buddy. You can put your hand down. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I want to live a different life. I want to live for God. If that's you, slip your hand up. Over here on my left. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. This is what I'd like us to do. I want every person in this room, whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And if you're watching online and you know the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, I just want you to, to repeat this prayer. And we're gonna all pray it together. So everybody say this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me when I was unlovable. I'm giving you my life. And I'm never taking it back. I promise I'm gonna do my best to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm gonna mess up, but I thank you that you love me anyway. Help me live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus name, amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause? We had four people raise their hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.